Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's back. By my clock, it's 10 to midnight. <laughs> it's 10 to midnight. It's that and time, And that folks. time features pretty prominently into the movie <laughs> we're going to be talking about. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. I love Bronson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bronson is back. It's about time we got another Bronson in this. It's been a while. Yeah. We've not enough representation of year Charles and a Bronson. half year ago. I don't know. We've only done Death Wish too. There's so much his thing. When you do a Bronson mm-hmm. movie, it's a Bronson movie. Feels like he should get his own series. Like we should just do the Bronson cast. Sure. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love Bronson. I love his thing. He was one of the big box office stars of right before my time and then into my time. He had a long run, and he's still kind of getting that kind of run. You know he's he's got a name. He's, at one at one point it was what like him Eastwood Robert Redford. Yeah, he's he's a badass. Yeah. He's got that badass uh, reputation. And I love 80s. tough guy man. Eighties Bronson's cool. Yeah, all the canon stuff. I love all that stuff. I love all the Death Wish sequels. I just love the guy. I love how he aged. Yeah, yes. he never had to go ridiculous. Even with the he full, could always uh... just be a killer on the streets. <laughs> also, the plastic surgery doesn't actually look as bad as people pretend. No, he was pretty good in this one. I mean, he, he was, was already a... kind of a weird looking guy. He was For already star, the ugliest dude around, right? For a movie star, he has a unique look. He's a weird, cool, ugly guy. Yeah. The weirdest guy with the weirdest dialogue. He's a legend. He's his own <laughs> he makes it work. I'm not, thing. I'm he's not its saying. own Charles Bronson yeah. cottage industry. No, he is. Yeah. You, I mean, he's the name above the title. Like, he is that guy. You go see a Bronson movie. That's what you call it when you go out to see it. Yeah, when you describe a movie now as a Charles Bronson movie, you know, that's what Liam Neeson does. Right. Neeson's making the new Bronson movies. And there's a ton of other lower-rent guys like Vinnie Jones... Or Statum, that you know, Statum's mm-hmm. big, big money maker, but they all make their Bronson movies, right? And they know they're making a Bronson movie because this guy dominated the this specific kind of movie market for two decades. Yeah, not just spanning two decades, <laughs> two actual decades. Didn't matter that he was already the oldest detective working in any precinct. That he was ever in. He's the best, like, every man. Yeah. As far as the badass goes. Like, he's never going to have to be, you know, a superhero. Or he's never going to have to be some sort of famous entity within the movie. He's just a guy. He's doing his job. He's so old school that uh, this movie, 10 to Midnight, is just full of him. Like, may- I-, I just had the thought, basically. Okay. What if he, like, think of a clock, 24-hour time, as a <laughs> lifetime. You're thinking he's really in his like and ten to a, midnight phase. He's where running like, out, huh? A detective who's real old school. He's barely typing on the typewriter <laughs> in the opening scene. That's a smart move to include that <laughs> opening scene of him henpicking away at his typewriter. He's just you know maybe he's ten to midnight on his career. Okay, on, on his life. So I maybe love he's feeling old. I love that you're giving meaning, and that's good. <laughs> that's a good light bulb to have about this title because Canon sold this film to distributors. As Charles Bronson in 
10 to midnight. Yeah. Except Bronson was not signed up to do any movie, <laughs> and they had no scripts called 10 to Midnight. That's a cool name, though. They it's got like Golan and Globus just thought, like, the name said, Charles Bronson, 10 to Midnight. Oh, like, all right, okay. How Dude, did those guys get away with anything? Know, these guys just did it. They just did it. Yeah, they just showed up, and they were like, no, we're making these. Uh, we have yeah. money, or we're making money. They literally they, they pitched this over. movie idea without having any movie, and then they scrambled to find a script, and then they talked to, to several directors who had w- worked with them and figured if any of them were working on projects that could kind of match up to this script. These guys were just seat of their pants kind of <laughs> dudes making fucking Bronson and Norris movies, right? Yeah. And Michael... Dudikoff movies <laughs> also like a ton of Michael Dudikoff movies sure we've done no Michael Dudikoff like, for some reason I don't I don't know if I've seen a Dudikoff that, that was when Bronson was like I'm 72 I can't like can't run upstairs after bad guys but like you never had to see Bronson in the Masters of the Universe movie or something like you never had to go there no he was always himself he stayed true to that brand all the way through Death Wish what five, five. six I think yeah. we got to five yeah but that fifth one was in the 90s yeah this one was like 93 94 yeah he never was, changed he never changed he was in his mid-70s yeah. when he was in the last <laughs> death wish this guy's insane i love all bronson stories that i've ever heard from the local ones like my coworker who was snubbed by him as a 10 year old oh <laughs> no way beat it kid hey beat it kid <laughs> <laughs> to all those stories about him being the ultimate family man Mm-hmm. I took in all of Jill Ireland's kids, and he was just the ultimate guy who wanted his family and wife on set. Ultimate wife guy. Yeah. Wife guy Bronson is awesome. Jill Ireland was not in this one, though. This I was a non-Ireland movie, so, yeah. Interesting. And one where his daughter is not savagely murdered <laughs> and sexually assaulted. Not for lack of trying. This is... Like, you do so many established Bronson daughters in these movies that have the worst ends. Yeah. The second his daughter is introduced in this movie, I'm going, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have our... She's got so much uh, life ahead of her. Yeah, right? She's so perky and nice and kind and... But also kind of a young uh, feminist female Bronson. Mm. So there's this weird thing that I've been... That's been rattling me. I, I love this movie. This is Bronson doing like a slasher. Yeah. This is the most slasher. He got a lot of these chasing a deranged, you know, assault cases, but this is a slasher movie. Like no, nothing else. This is a slasher. Yeah. Cuz we got a real creep. He's a yeah, he's the detective with the new partner on the trail of the creep who's killing girls in town. Just knifing girls with no evidence left behind. And uh yeah, this is one of those where you know who the who the the bad guy is. I was kind of thinking maybe we would get a mystery movie but no it's not but then i like <laughs> there's the never any illusion i like the direction they do of the the cat and mouse between him and this killer because they nail this guy 30 minutes into the movie oh yeah well it's it's that and then uh, they have to kind of prove it and capture him and it's a whole back and forth and yeah this focus on the killer is so i thought the killer was so compelling in this i'm really not that familiar with the actor i remember he was the cross-dressing streetwalker in uh cruising picture oh. him with the long blonde wig yeah gene you know, davis gene davis i, I really didn't remember I don't know him. this is i mean he's a psycho man this guy's a real weird slasher movie incel 
You yeah, know? <laughs> he's, he gave me a lot of like the Patrick Bateman American Psycho vibe of like, yeah, he's just he's a total robot, and he's, uh, but he also uh, he does the naked killer thing. He's, uh, he's yeah, the real giallo like strip <laughs> nude for yeah, right. He put on to leave gloves. no evidence. This dude's just killing in the buff, just yeah. stalking out in the woods naked with a knife. Mm-hmm. So this is a Sunday. We're talking about Bronson. There's many a TBS Sunday lineup of, you know, The Mechanic followed by Chato's Land. <laughs> you know? Because for, for a decade, Bronson was like, well, he looks like an Indian. Uh-huh. So oh, he's yeah. getting a lot of those. Kind of, he could play Mexican. He could play Indian. Finally, with Death Wish, it's like, no, he's a cold-blooded killer. <laughs> he's a man who Found can wear a there. tight pair of boot-cut brown corduroy pants and, like, kill scum. Yeah. Any age. And he did it for 30 years. Exactly. And... So this performance with this great killer to play off of, so much of the time it's the real Bronson show, and there's always great supporting characters. Mm -hmm. And here we got, geez, the cast. (laughs) Wilfred Brimley. Who would have thought doing this, how much of a favorite Wilfred Brimley would become? (laughs) He shows up, man. I mean, sure, he's he's like a meme, you know, but the diabetes thing, but God, Wilfred Brimley is so good in these kind of movies. I He's so yeah, good. He's what? the he's the sergeant or the boss. Yeah, full cowboy hat, uh, old school cop. I love the Brimley movies where he's mostly sitting behind a desk because mm-hmm. he always has a good like elbow lean, rock to the side, droopy mustache, and a yeah a sour expression through a lot of this one. This one he could barely get his chin <laughs> off his chest. He was, he was really, really like, he was really looking down over his glasses a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson, but that's why there was this one scene where uh, Bronson started to get physical as the movie picked up, and they know they got this killer. And I love Wilford Brimley really getting in his face and screaming at him to you know, all right, get out of here. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, all right. It's like when you, you know, like when your normally chill parent is like pushed to it, and then they're the ones that are like, all right, come on, right. God damn it, oh, kids. He's, he's taking like, the whoa, whoa, off. dad's yep. getting mad. All right, all right. Now it's real, but. This movie just is classic canon from the start. And the only difference between all these other Bronson canon movies is I never remember him with a killer that super gets Bronson's goat Mm. so much. Bronson gets into some sticky situations, but there's not too much time usually where he's like on his ass. (laughs) No matter if it's a gang of seven street punks and he's 70, he's just like... Throwing uh, a shotgun over a his back and fucking rocket launcher in the third death wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's never really like you know shows ass that much. And this one, this guy who is the obviously the killer, the mm. creepiest killer, right? The creep just is rubbing it in to Bronson through this whole movie, and it's kind of necessary because I also realized there's two different kind of Bronson movies. Hmm. There's the politics behind be- him being a vigilante versus him being a cop. And I don't usually like Bronson the cop that much. Right, right. Because it attaches different meaning when he's a guy in authority who even though he's attracted and going after the worst scum in the city, he's still being corrupt about how he does it. Oh, he's so corrupt in this movie. Yeah. He's so laid back, corrupt, old school, you right? Know? Planting blood yeah, on, uh, I did on it. clothes, yeah. Oh. And then immediately giving it up. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. Why didn't you ask me? Well, all right, I did. Well, I did. I did. <laughs> that was a great moment. <laughs> but yeah, so he has this great uh, jerk to play off of. This real perv. 
Yeah. And Bronson always kind of has this real, you know, Puritan kind of, you know, I keep my belt on at night kind of <laughs> kind of guy, right? It's like very little sexiness in, yeah. in coming from Bronson. Well, he's already like a father figure in this one. Yeah, he's... Yeah, there's oh those poor girls. Yeah, so he's he's always very like yeah, it's always his daughter that you know either is brutally murdered worse than any other murder anyone's witnessed, or like a girl that like his daughter knew. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she was my daughter's age. He's he's and... determined to get the daughter involved at, somehow. <laughs> yeah, even if she's not involved, it's like no, you're coming to the funeral. Yeah, you're gonna get singled out by the guy. Yeah, <laughs> but. This is, I like when Canon, this was, you know, early 80s Canon. So they were still putting some budget behind things. So we got some big camera shots. We got a lot of attention paid to the score. Yeah, cool score. Cool Very score. Very cool score. If one thing can set a movie mood, it's that cool classic Canon red text mm-hmm. on a, you know, bold red font text on a black background. Just love that simple block letter graphics of all these names with this pulsing. Guitar score. Yeah. Cool score. And it kept coming up for great themes, especially the chase down the finishing stretch. This movie, the insane ending. (laughs) This is great canon. Definitely. This is great canon. Classic canon group here. And knowing what Bronson would wind up doing some of those movies later, this one just feels fresher in hindsight. Him getting his goat and the blatant slasher elements. He always wound up in these movies with terrible things happening to women. And then on talk shows, he'd just be like, you know, it's terrible. <laughs> the thing, <laughs> it's tough to yeah. keep to cry. Like putting it out there like he's doing it as a PSA for women. And whatever, this kind of oh, works. Man. Ten years later, he would have been the star of four CBS shows. Oh, yeah. You know, or 20 years later. You it's know. every show on yeah. CBS, right? Exactly. Every drama that's not about... Uh, an interracial marriage. <laughs> I guess. Those the boom, boom, boom. CBS. And so, yeah, the score goes off. Yeah. The killer jumps in immediately. Yeah. And not just... When you're watching a slasher movie, there's ones where guys hide in the woods, and then there's ones where the killer is immediately just naked in the woods, stalking up on the van in, at, I don't know, like four in the afternoon. He knew exactly when they were going to be there. He, <laughs> yeah, had, to, yeah, he, had, the he had to time this out to a, a movie showing. I love the using a movie as your alibi. Yes. That whole scene was like, all right, I'm interested in this. Because, yeah, at first when it's like, oh, so we're just going to follow the killer as he kills people. Like, okay. Right. But then to see him, yeah, go to this movie, harass these two girls. Yeah, get himself noticed. Get, get Yeah, exactly. And then sneak out, go do the killing, come back, make sure he's seen at the end of the movie by the same girls. <laughs> right? And then how did they find those girls in the city to testify? Love that those girls, he was especially there, that one mouth that was not having his shit. When, uh, yeah, when he was doing that, and then I was like, okay, we, we got an interesting... Uh, yeah, when you know you're getting... More than just a naked killer. <laughs> right, when you know you're getting a movie from a full vantage point of the killer, I love when they're actually giving him something. Mm-hmm. That whole setup of that whole scene of him making himself get noticed at the theater by being just an ass. Just a... He is a creep. This guy is just, whether he means to be or not, that seems like the only way he can come across. Well, that's part of the, what makes that scene even better is as it starts, you haven't fully put together that he's making himself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a broad remembered character. You just think like, oh my gosh, this is how this guy is around girls. It all makes <laughs> sense. 
you know, offering them popcorn, shoving it right in their boobs. You know, <laughs> real getting getting a back well, a hand friendly. on a boob at the, the movies. One, the one girl was kind of into it. The one girl Not was the one he was targeting. No. Her friend was like, he's just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's giving you some attention. Go for it. Too supportive, best that. friend. Yeah. Too supportive. <laughs> this is 78 to 83 we're talking about. Yeah. Women and kids were disappearing nightly. <laughs> yeah, remember. Don't be so supportive, girl. But yeah, just giving him more than just, yeah, he's a guy that kills women. Yeah. And I also like how they flat out show right away that women at his job already hate him. This guy is all yellow to red flags. Mm-hmm. The only people that think he's charming, because he is good looking. He's a good looking actor. Yeah. Nice hair. Really nice blow dry yeah, scene got, with him. He's, he's got a routine. Yeah. At good first, hygiene you see him on in this like guy. the Speedo. Yeah. Wearing my wearing the same members only jacket that I have. Mm. That feels good. <laughs> I keep waiting for it to not be associated with sex pests, no. but they have their rep at this point. So. Yeah, word got out. <laughs> but yeah, once he's, uh, you know, he's, this is not some vile creep. It's definitely more the Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. you know, handsome killer. This guy was hand- Ted Bundy wasn't that handsome. That's his rep, this guy. But none of Ted Bundy's charms. This guy reads creep from his, what is he, he repairs equipment at some office that's staffed entirely by women. Yeah, we see him repairing a typewriter. And it, bothering all the girls. Yeah. yeah Just yeah. his presence is no a real ick. Yeah, he's a total outcast. Never, yeah, you never really get to the sense of what pushed him over the edge. But he's girls, girls are rejecting him. He's killing them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pretty it's a simple, circle of life. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, that the scene in the movie theater is cool, and then uh, yeah, they go to the funeral, and already Bronson and his new partner are just. I, I love give the, Bronson this new I love partner. the introduction of the new partner, who's a guy that's tainted the crime scene. <laughs> yeah, that was my gun that I spit there. He's like, hey, puts the gum in it. And then two seconds Shoves later, in his like, breast pocket. he's like, I think uh, that I really uh, piss you off. Yeah, we agree on something, kid. But they're immediately just bantering. Every Bronson story I've heard involves, like, if you're doing a scene with Bronson, there's just no small talk here. You know, if you're waiting, if you're in the passenger seat and you guys are waiting to do a car scene, it's just like, so, uh, it's just like he is in there with a paper or he's in there with like a Danish, but it is not, uh, well, I don't know. I read some book where a guy That's said, funny. I did, I did three scenes with Bronson and by the third one, I knew exactly what kind of questions that would actually get him responsive. Hmm. Usually this guy was just there. He was doing his work. He was waiting to go home to his family. He was going to kill a bunch of men. And that's it. He's a yeah. simple man. Yeah. He's an everyman, like you said. He's an ugly guy. It's weird. But he's a cop with a bit of a sense of humor, a bit of a, At, bit of a light step, I felt like. Just, uh, you know, you don't get the total, like, grieving Bronson in this one. Toward, true. Not, not till the end, anyway, you know. When, we, when the vengeance comes out. Yeah. At minimum, this film is a treasure trove of like hilariously delivered Bronson lines. One of my things I love about Bronson is how easily some of his movies can be to dub because mm. they were all such huge Italian hits for 20 years. So he's often speaking off camera <laughs> just so he can redub it into Italian super easy. Yeah. And that's why he always says, you know, oh, geez. Like, <laughs> all right, we got it. We got the take. It's like, keep it to three words, right? But we got him doing all these little bits that are like, boy, how are you going to dub these? The one about him taking quiche instead of pie. (laughs) 
<laughs> what are you what are you getting for lunch dad coleslaw yeah. and quiche yeah i didn't know it was key like he's doing like the <laughs> he's doing these like albert brooks bits in the cafeteria and uh and the weird leslie deals <laughs> bit with a sex toy oh my god is that what 1983 sex toys look like that was a. Uh... That was like the dinosaur version of a fleshlight. <laughs> yeah, is that what we were doing? So, Jesus Christ. So had like a handle grip, like a chainsaw. What are we doing, people? Is that what the... No, it's like he ripped a crash test dummy's arm off and <laughs> set it to spin, man. I don't know. Well, it's just waving this thing like, what is this? Tell me what this is, huh? Like, no, please tell me what that is. It, Feels like some oh sloppily constructed <laughs> rubber, homemade stuff. There, it was really duct taped together. Was this a product? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. Bronson recognized it. He was like, "You know what this? Oh, I know, know what this is." We all knew what that was. Yeah, <laughs> I knew what was implicated, but I've never seen such crude architecture before. That Whoa. guy's dick's got to be so mangled. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's so fucked up. <laughs> He's got this massive grievance against this fly-by-night sex toy company. Taking it out on I'm the girls. I'm taking it out on all the girls now. <laughs> I keep getting rejected when they see my mangled dick. You gotta read between the lines a bit on these J. Lee Thompson, Lee yeah. J. Thompson kind of Bronson flicks. You know, there's a lot of bubbling under the under the surface here, but so I I love all these lines, all these things, but eventually I kind of become a little conflicted the deeper we get into this movie because. In Death Wish, and all the excellent Death Wish sequels. Mm -hmm. I love literally every Death Wish sequel. It's a great franchise. Yeah. You know, Mr. Majestic, the mechanic. All these characters are are outside the lines. Mm -hmm. They're the fringe, you know. And Mr. Majestic and several others, he's sticking up for, you know, the workers. You know, he was sticking up for those immigrant workers against the mob. Yeah. In Mr. Majestic. It's always very black and white. His reasons for killing other men are usually so, so justifiable. Yes. Yeah. And so seeing him as a cop who's willing to use anecdotal evidence is just... Because he's always like, well, I heard a story once about a guy that killed a woman. So (laughs) it's like, yeah, I know. I guess... So he's using already flimsy reasoning to like in his police work. And it's such a, even though it feels like typical Bronson movie, right? <laughs> if you like Bronson, you're like that changes things for me. That makes this a lot different. I'm not saying I'm rooting for the old grabber over here, <laughs> but the naked man, <laughs> the killer. naked grabber. Yeah. They're out like, they're like this guy's so ahead of the game. We don't even can't even come up with a name for this guy. <laughs> oh, also speaking of guys, See our boy Robert F. Lyons there with his mustache and slick back hair is like the DA. He's the DA. Oh, our oh, boy. Love that guy. Didn't have his polka dot hat from Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh, of course. <laughs> this yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Him and his mustache. Yeah. Well, seeing him not as a blubbering hick, I didn't quite make the connection. <laughs> as a slick city yeah. DA being like, you He's blood on the sport coat? Really? <laughs> but then Now you, you tell me. I love these kind of movies that when Canon was still paying experienced character guys to show up every 30 minutes of your movie, so you're still getting gems like Jeffrey Lewis in what has to be a really bad wig. Wow, what is go- that thing is about to jump off of his head. <laughs> Do they have to match Bronson's infamously <laughs> low hairline? 
it was almost like he was like, make me about two inches taller. And they're like, there's no way we could do that, Jeff. He's like, nah, you could do it. You can do it. <laughs> He's got a little uh, <laughs> he had like a pizza box holder upper thing. <laughs> yeah, like kind of came to a pin up there. He had a real long head. So something I noticed at the end, Jeffrey Lewis, the man, the myth, right? What a, what oh, a guy. What a face. What a voice. He shows up like an hour in as the attorney for uh for about 20 minutes naked creep at the most not yeah. in this movie a lot right yeah. two three scenes real great real smug guy that knew his shit knew when his guy was gonna get off on a technicality had it all down great scum in the end he's billed over robert f lyons wilford brimley hmm. these guys that were a much meatier part of this movie and he's showing up with the same kind of piece to look like bronson's hair Lewis had some riders in his contract. Oh yeah, you think he was thinking he's got in for some uh, some of that cannon? I don't know, the wig looked so close to Bronson's actual hair. The that same was, kind uh, of cut, and nobody else has that weird cut because nobody has that weird hairline. I was just thinking, this is like what eighty three, right? Yeah. So this is probably Jeffrey Lewis's height when he had just done the Clint Eastwood orangutan movies the last few years. <laughs> yeah, he's coming up. This he's, guy worked, man. His star was pretty pretty high at he this was moment. great. Yeah. This guy had a star, yeah. He so, was probably a get. Like, Cannon was like, put some money down. Well, you know, like I said, 83, by the end of the 80s, Cannon, you know, they blew their budget. Well, yeah. They they wasted too much money on too many things. They weren't bringing guys like Jeffrey Lewis 50 minutes deep into a movie <laughs> for a cameo, right? But... Yeah, Bronson playing this cop who's willing to play dirty. Yeah, in the past, when it was an architect shooting a guy. <laughs> exactly. That's one thing. He had a motivation But there. a cop who's just like, well, I can't prove it, but I have a hunch. I don't trust cops and hunches. Well, he doesn't like try to do any detective work first. He immediately <laughs> goes to, I'm going to plant blood on this guy's clothes. Like, There's really no other... Yeah. It's not like he he hits the one dead end of the two girls saying they saw this guy at the theater when the girl was being killed. I mean, that's pretty... This is... And then he's like, well, I have no other choice. This is in a nutshell. See, this is why it's such a hateable character. It's yeah. Bronson playing this weird Bronson hero, but the dude sucks. But we do also, as the audience know, he's got the right guy. This yeah. This is the that's killer. What's, that's what's tough. He, he figures Any out... Any side I take. He, he gets the girl's diary and figures out that this is the creep that she rejected and... They've got him. They like, have, and the this dude guy. is just yeah. being a real creep. There's the scene where they. There was also the complaint that the, I think the girl in the beginning had had someone speaking Spanish to her. Yes, dirty phone call, and we find Can out about this, all the Spanish guy, dirty phone. Calls? This guy is suddenly like speaking Spanish as well as killing girls. But uh, he's covering up. He's coming up with all alibis and yeah. different identities to get his you know naked killer. But like they they figure that out pretty quickly. Like in yeah, that they have first that all interview down. with him when he says Tijuana. <laughs> well the voice patterns match like, like, what does well, this mean it means bullfighting he's like oh you speak spanish a little it's like oh, we got the guy yeah but they just don't have him like yeah red-handed as it were but yeah to immediately just go well i'm just gonna grab some blood and taint yeah the scene. i know this is the guy but ooh, I, don't, I do not like that immediately go into that when all and, and the other guy's if anybody thinks Bronson's a good dude in this, every other guy is saying, you know, we can, what's that, can I put him away for 30 days on an obscene phone call? It's like, it'll give us 30 days to, it's like, but I could just dump this blood on his jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's just, he kind of just is like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of this paperwork. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to wrap this Who up. the time? <laughs> We're already an hour into this thing. <laughs> but so it's, but, uh, you know, they were going for that, you know, 
Scorpio taunting uh, yeah. Eastwood. You know, we know it's the guy. The guy was caught uh, this dead is, to rights. Yeah, and then at the end, I was getting the... Yeah, it's totally Dirty Harry at the end, for sure. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. You know, Bronson has continued to do Dirty Harry movies. That's why they brought back more Dirty Harry movies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still money out there. People are still into this guy. And, damn, this villain, I think, is right up there with with uh, Andrew... Yeah, whatever his name, Andrew... Ah, oh yeah for scorpio. scorpio yeah yeah and uh what a creep that guy is right first my thing i told you the first time i saw it i didn't he was so good in that role i didn't even think of him as an actor i thought like, oh, i must have known some weirdo yeah <laughs> just cast some weird idea what other role could this guy play but right scorpio is such a loud wild character who's screaming and hollering and getting himself beat up to fray <laughs> yeah. dirty harry and this guy is like the exact opposite in that he's just but the tensing of the jaw and the dead stare that this right? guy has was very creepy. All of the small very scale scary. acting that, what's his name? He said Gene Davis? Yeah. All the small scale, yeah, the jaw clenches, you know, the all the stuff with his eyes. And he had, you know, piercing eyes. Mm-hmm. Again, handsome guy. And then just this dark, angry side that keeps showing through. And when Bronson's getting to him, when he knows that evidence has been planted. At that oh, point... Yeah. The cops don't even know that he's going around doing this naked. So we Bronson doesn't even know how much of an idiot he's being <laughs> by planting right. evidence on a guy who's just going out buck naked. Oh, the bare ass. It's killer. one of those like, oh boy, I have a way to refute this cop's case, but it <laughs> might get me into some hot water. Exactly. Truth is. Jokes on you, Les. <laughs> I'm going commando for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. I like that they, once Bronson's busted, and Jeffrey Lewis knows this, like, yeah, it's one thing to hold him under bail for these charges, but we're going to make you defend it. Mm-hmm. Then it's, you know, then it's jail time. Yeah, and that was such an interesting moment, yeah, when the younger, honest cop finds out that he's planted the evidence, which he immediately gives up, like we said. And then he immediately goes into the courtroom once they're about to start the trial against this guy. It just just waves the DA over. <laughs> yeah. Just, hey, no, come here. Lions, come here. got some bad news here. Uh, yeah, they really corral everybody right away and said, hey, we're just going to wrap things up today, I just, okay? Yeah, he's like, you know, better not draw this out. We don't <laughs> even want to waste half a day on this. Better stop it right here in the opening sa- uh, statements. We really cut through all of the shame that he should be experiencing right there. We don't cut like, through a shocked courtroom, and everybody else is just like, he did what? He, does he Gee. get fired? He did, gets fired off camera. Okay, yeah. He is fired. He's just sitting at home d- drinking with his daughter like you do. Yeah. And uh, saying, come on, Dad, you're but finally like, free. Man, and, you almost think that's something where you would go to jail if you did that. Right? Yeah, right? I guess it's a miracle that a cop got fired. <laughs> not going to asking for jail, buddy. Woo. We get one of those per what pandemic. All right, what we get one. So, <laughs> and that's why it's just like, who getting a little tough to root for old Bronson here? It's like, all right, we're cutting you out. For all I know, he was just like, all right, you're suspended with pay. Yeah, but go home and drink it off for a while. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Nobody will be monitoring keep your gun. Yeah, yeah. Keep your gun. <laughs> Nobody will monitor any of your actions immediately follow the guy you planted evidence on. Now, this is when I liked Bronson again, though. Yes. Even though I was like, man, I don't like this planted the evidence. When he then just starts following the killer around. 
it was like he's just got this little smirk on his face as he's, he's just driving trolling, he's trolling next to this him. dude yeah he's driving next to him he's putting just keeping tabs on him he somehow breaks into the guy's repair office and puts photos of all the dead girls everywhere that's great i love yeah. all of the open hostility directed at this guy by a room full of 40 attractive girls oh man yeah after the trial the typing pool knew this guy was all red flag yeah they didn't want him with this movie everybody knows he did it (laughs) yeah it's everyone in town jeffrey lewis as his uh, defender knows he did it like everyone knows this dude is clearly crazy clearly the guy it's clearly the guy yeah so if it's uh, not a guy for this he did something we just can't he clearly did something but yeah Jay Lee Thompson, he did, he did Cape Fear. He did, yeah. This director, you know, this has, has very some, some good stuff. Very similar twists on on Cape Fear. A lot of Bronson in his filmography. Oh yeah, too. yeah. Bronson were, you know, Bronson is Tom Cruise. You know, they're sixty one and they're still looking the same because of face work. Mm. They got a crazy hairline with the exact same haircut, and they work with their guys to make their movie. Tom Cruise makes Tom Cruise movies now. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not going to show up in the Expendables or Fast <laughs> Eleven. You know, Bronson made Bronson movies. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you don't get a guy playing up this much of the movie ahead of Bronson and Gene Davis. But you know, yeah, Lee Lee Thompson worked with Bronson. Bronson found a guy like, yeah, I'm working with. It. I'm making eight films <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Also, my wife's in all of them. <laughs> I will only kiss my wife in a movie. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. He never had a romantic interest. That's why Jill Ireland was. He's not always in this movie. a widower when Jill yeah. Ireland is in the movie. The only thing you can hope for is that, like in Ten to Midnight, he's a widower before the movie starts. Yeah. So we don't have to see the wife getting messed up, and then him dealing with the aftermath immediately. But he deals with the aftermath of this right away. Mm. He's fired. He has a bender next day out. Boom. He's door to door with this, this killer. Dude. Yeah. And I love how, like you said, ah, I like this Bronson. But even then, this movie's a little bit, it's better than the typical fare. I love how they pulled the rug again and how it's like, nope, this guy's still a step ahead of Bronson. He looks rattled, but he maps it. He has Bronson so tricked. Yeah, he has another, the killer has another great plan. He's killing all these women and he's buffalo bill and getting him to go to different addresses all over mm-hmm. bronson is so blinded with wanting to, with his rage his lust for killing this guy this naked creep yeah. with the archaic sex toy <laughs> that bronson looks at in confusion it's for jacking off isn't it <laughs> God, that might be the line of the movie if i could have a reel of all of my favorite actors doing that line <laughs> That's my, that's my, I'm too old for a make a wish, but man, to, to, can you get George C. Scott <laughs> holding that thing and shaking it in the guy's face? Oh, dear Start Lord. Start jerking off. Brian Kennedy, Brian, oh, Brian Dennehy just yeah. towering over a guy, grabbing him by the lapels. That's what jerking off. <laughs> I'd want to, give me 10. Let me pick 10 guys. Oh, give oh. him that line. In heaven, we see Every version of this movie yeah, with Brian Dennehy and all those guys. I'm curious about sure. James Woods' take on it. Feels very James Woods language, mm. but he'd be very sly and smarmy about it. Yeah, I think he would just, yeah. I think George C. Scott would just send me to tears. <laughs> <laughs> this, this line feels like, well, we didn't have anybody attached, but you know, here, George C. But... His eyes just bulging out of his skull. 
just a vein down the middle of his forehead like, as he's flopping this latex. Like, even hardcore, just it's for <laughs> But yeah, this we see a couple of killings, and this guy Nate, you know, mm. with a, a lot of scenery obscuring his genitals. Yeah. A lot of butts. Think though. about no I'm just shortage picture of this guy who's had, you know butts. like I did Cape Fear. You know, I did I have some stuff for my belt. And he's like perfectly lining up uh like the railing of a bed to cover somebody's yeah. balls. That was an iconic shot. <laughs> the dick and balls covered with the bloody latex gloves and the knife. Okay. Great shot. So tell I'm either crazy or I'm not crazy. Let's see how if you were getting these same vibes. How much were you expecting him to not have a dick? Oh, yeah. Did that cross your mind at all? Well, obviously, I think it's mangled beyond repair <laughs> because of the jacking off tool. But Are you disappointed we didn't get a shot of him with, with some weird thing going? <laughs> it is, yeah. It does, by all accounts, it looked like pretty normal stuff. A couple of times, it seemed like they were trying, my brain, instead of wrecked, thinking like, oh, no, they just so. didn't want to show a lot of like dick flopping around on film. Instead, I'm like, they're covering something. Mm. This guy's got something weird happening down there. Or he would have been a self-mutilator or... I thought it was going really yeah, yeah. gross. It gets pretty gross. He goes on a naked tear. Not quite Vigo levels, but he stabs some, some women. He's, I mean, he, this is kind of like the uh, male version of the uh, Life Force lady. Just being, He's oh, naked wow, half yeah. this movie. Good point. Yeah. Cannon was just <laughs> like, how long legally can we have them naked on screen? And he looks kind of facially similar to Steve Railsback. Look at that, that jawline of that brow, man. This is young Ray. I thought you were going to say he looked similar to the naked woman in no, Life Force. Matilda May. A little bit. Yeah, some no. big. And no, this was a killer that took care of himself. When he takes Bronson, we get one of those great shots of Bronson. You know, the clock's ticking down. We're like, it's 11.50 right now. 10 to midnight. <laughs> it's at least. <laughs> And Bronson is running after that killer. So I love... feels like we keep landing on movies where we get a different location reveal at the end. Mm -hmm. We've been picking them lately, right? And you know why? Because I love it. (laughs) I love the ending. I love Silence of the Lambs doing it. It's this huge reveal in 91. And there's like a dozen of these kind of canon movies. (laughs) That kind of ending. So many slashers have that as the exact ending. Mm -hmm. But Silence of the Lambs, that's the Oscar one. (laughs) That's the Oscar slasher. And so Bronson, when you're realizing, oh my God, he's been set up. The rampage that this dude goes on in what? Three minutes? Yeah. It's all this crazy real-time assault. It's like De Niro at the end of Taxi Driver yeah, with f- a knife. The final scene, he, uh, yeah, he tricks he's been Bronson. Sta- he's been stalking Bronson's daughter. And uh, yeah, his, Bronson's daughter is living in this some fantasy nurse dormitory uh, that doesn't exist. I yeah, hope. living with like four other nurses, just going around doing nurse things. Just like na- they're, they're half naked in their apartment the whole time doing up their hair. That's what's so funny. <laughs> Instead of teens just all showering a lot at summer camp, it's all... It's dressed up as this kind of, you know, you know, we got to do justice, not mm-hmm. what's the law. You know, the law is a loophole kind of thing. But you're still getting the girls taking showers. Yeah, you know, exactly. we're still getting a lot of girls showering. Or just people walking in on sex. <laughs> <laughs> people that are never in the movie again. Somebody just walks into a couple just oh, pounding yeah. at a party. Like, all right. <laughs> I think I'm seeing why people like canon films so much. <laughs> yeah, our good guy with the gun who almost blows away a couple. Jeez. 
consensually a lot of good guys love. with a gun making dumb decisions in this movie right yeah. <laughs> and so when this guy's rampaging through the house this is the one bronson movie i think i've seen where the daughter doesn't die but everybody she knows dies all the friends die everybody. all three of these poor girls great cast of girls years. by the way kelly did you see kelly preston the blonde that gets immediately uh was that really kelly that preston? was kelly Pre- oh, she man. was under her uh, maiden name in the credits uh. but right there she's well, the one that gets immediately strangled yeah, yeah. and stabbed right when she opens the door then of course a young liza minnelli is the <laughs> short black-haired roommate <laughs> she looks like the janet from three's company oh my god oh, i love her little tony basil so this guy yeah this guy breaks into the uh the nurse dormitory slays the first straight one immediately. naked he's ditched he's his members naked. only jacket and cords uh, they get the call in just in time to say, don't open the door, but she's just opened the door. I love that moment. They did the don't timing on the door. And See, they bust in. The strength, that was scary. The strengths of the slasher movie elements of this are what really kept it high mm-hmm. for me. The slasher elements were really great. They were better than a lot of slasher horror movies from that era. And we were getting a lot of slasher movies yeah. in uh, 80 to 83. Yeah. That timing of that whole scene as Bronson's getting to that other place, him running up and down. You got to have some Bronson running upstairs. It's just like Tom Cruise running, right? And him, Bronson, when he's about, when shit's going down, he always has to deal with like a guy. (laughs) He's always like, tell me which way to the cross street. And he's like, well, that depends. And it's like, ah. Yeah. And so he's bickering with this hotel manager as you're seeing this. And you're thinking like, oh man, I don't care how unrealistic you get with timing he, he is not gonna get there not in time. gonna save these girls <laughs> these some girls are gonna die that uh that old hotel manager was definitely a familiar face i think that was <laughs> the guy we see in halloween four with uh donald pleasance in the truck is oh well the i mean that actor? guy that actor in his face looks like he's played so many small town yeah bums and hobos and that's one of those guys you've seen porno hotel managers movies. yeah you probably look him up on imdb and he's got a hundred credits and then 200 doing credits for Disney voices. <laughs> like, oh, he played various frogs in Sword of the Stone also. Like, <laughs> these guys had huge, crazy careers just by being old, weird guys. Yeah. He was perfect. But yeah, give me a line, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to track down these killers and warn people of killers in 1983. So a guy's just knifing his way through full apart. Takes out Kelly Preston immediately. Runs naked over to Liza that, to Liza gets Minnelli. Roughed up. And this was a s- <laughs> ridiculous that they allowed this to happen on set. I can't believe this. He takes scene, this man. woman and he is shaking her like a rag doll. Gets her on the bed and just slamming her down on this little bed. She, I, it was like that can't be a real person. That looks like a mannequin getting thrust around women in videodrome didn't get beat as bad as the woman in this movie this poor actress she got thrown into a wall hard she got thrown the way she was bouncing off that bed when he was having her by both shoulders oh my gosh yeah i was scared for her <laughs> he was actress, whipping her around that was she was shaking the hell out of this woman i was like all right hold on it's just a movie man just- and she all she had like the most drawn out death too he was yeah. really well, he's wiping looking off for his the blood. daughter the whole time. Yeah, he's he's going. Where is Laurie Kessler shaking her he's up and down? Screaming! I mean, it's a great scene. It's a shocking scene. It really works as a horror scene because he is screaming in her face without giving her a chance, and yeah. she is in the scariest moment of her life. 
and he's just calling her a you're a liar you're a liar and she's doing a pretty good job of covering her for a friend who honestly kind of thankless honestly <laughs> Lori. honestly Lori Kessler lets these three girls die yeah. without doing anything about it Lori that's got to be goes silent and hides in the dark she makes no attempt at a save at all. Doesn't try to distract him or do anything to stop him from killing his, her three roommates. Immediately abandon these three. No <laughs> chance at unifying any kind of strength in numbers against a naked man. Yeah. She just went still. I know. Brutal. You would think her and the, yeah, her and the uh, girl in the shower could have teamed up. But. <laughs> Daughter of a cop. She just like Uvaldied in the kitchen. Oh, no. no. <laughs> just couldn't do a thing about it. And <laughs> so you already know, like, all right, Bronson's several minutes away at least right luckily the killer didn't own a place right across the street (laughs) (laughs) where he got sent to instead but the final 20 minutes you know 10 minutes chase pretty great Mm -hmm. the pace this sets and that score keeps coming back again we brought it up before great score great score great silent terror moment where laurie's under the bed and he's walking by and the footsteps are His quiet, bloody footsteps trying to kick in the door. Throws the bed. She throws a lamp at him and trying to get out this way and that. And yeah, yeah. the whole in the apartment scene. It, it did kind of make me laugh when the girl in the shower is slowly pulling the <laughs> towel, trying to get a towel. And he sees her. It's like, come on, girl. She's in Just there. Stay still. The joke is, I bet she won't appreciate till later how funny it is that she's all worried about her nakedness. And it's like, he's there with you. Yeah. You guys are on yeah. equal. He doesn't care about your body. Don't worry about covering up. You should find more important things to worry about, <laughs> exactly. Ola. And uh, yeah, just the slow tower reveal. It's like, girl, come on. Well, nobody's died in a bit. Probably safe to towel off my ample <laughs> bosom. <laughs> yeah. Whenever these canon movies try to have an actual message, not only is it kind of muddy as in like, wait, so they all kind of did bad stuff and a lot of people died for it. But then uh, in a straight serious scene about, like, isn't it terrible? They're also like, but hey, look at these, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think of those over there? Yeah, huh? That was pretty much their MO, yeah. <laughs> pretty round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Canon. Uh, again, there's a reason why people get excited <laughs> for that beautiful Canon logo, yeah. right? But the ending for this is... so. I don't know if you know how Roger Ebert feels about 10 to Midnight. This is one uh, of those famous Ebert reviews where it's like, Oh, yeah, yeah. This is what, you know, cinema is a sewer. I'm surprised yeah. he's watching stuff on this level. The crazy thing, these Bronson movies were theatrical. Yeah, I guess. They feel so scummy and so weird now, but it's like, he was getting, these mo- Canon was getting theater distribution for all these things. There was a lot cheaper, a lot sleazier Bronson movies that played theaters. Mm-hmm. Kinjite. You want, a, you want a Bronson sex crimes movie? Here's one where he makes a guy eat his wristwatch. Oh. Guy's a, guy's a holy terror I'm whenever in. he's a cop. But, yeah, so Ebert's having to review Bronson movies, and he, it's so great. Some things just aren't. They're critic-proof. Bronson's pretty much critic-proof. What are you gaining by saying, like, I don't know, Messenger of Death didn't have quite the same level of... You know, yeah, yeah. They're Bronson movies. It's kind of like how people just stopped criticizing Keanu Reeves acting. Yeah. Like you embrace it. 15 years ago, they're like, look, this is what he does. He is Keanu Reeves. (laughs) You embrace it and you have fun time with it. So Eber approaches this whole review as just like, 
well, I don't know what's happened to one Charles Bronson, but, you know, like a really, I used to love his strong sound to me. It's like, you don't know what you're getting into this decade, Ebert. <laughs> Zero stars for 10 to midnight. You're going to be begging for a couple stars. Did Ebert then. like uh, Death Wish? Do you know off the top of your head? I have, like that I've, first I'm not familiar, one. but if any of them, I bet he did. it would be the first one. Yeah, yeah. That could get a three star, right? But, uh, well, I don't condone this, but, and so this one is just the full... Charles Bronson is a garbage disposal. Oh, man. You know, this was dumping all over, right? That's how they were. Him and him and uh, Siskel in the 80s were very just like, these movies today. Yeah. It just seems like any horror movie with a slasher, you know, Jason Anything Voorhees like that, yeah. element is just like, and they show you this and they do this. And yeah. They and hate so I get women and it's. It's a statement on how shocking some of this stuff was. So yeah. I, this movie is kind of, you know, puts you in the shoes of how vile, you know, these things, but at the same time kind of thinking hard about a charles bronson movie. <laughs> like yeah. sometimes we gotta like know when to hold them you know know when you can praise a a guy's highs but come on you know what movies well, these were yeah yeah this movie's not yeah trying to achieve anything other than what it's doing but i did i did so at does, the, the very end though i do have this like ooh, ooh, what's gonna happen moment yeah at that very end and so this movie delivers a lot of good stuff that's where you go wrong criticize you know like Ebert's Chris is the ending. It's like, and then Bronson ends up miles away. It's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> easy. <laughs> it's Bronson. He's aiming a gun and saying a cool thing to this. It guy. is kind of cool. Yeah, he he eventually gets the to the. Great. He eventually gets to the dormitory after his daughter and the naked guy have already left, and they're running down the street somewhere. Mm-hmm. He is at the dormitory, sees the three girls, exits the dormitory, and then they end up running into him on the street <laughs> yeah. somewhere. So I don't I, know what Scooby Doo. So I, I imagine his did. daughter just like did a full circle around the block, <laughs> was coming around the front again. I better just head the opposite way and circle back. But yeah, her her running and crying, and then the killers run. In like a Terminator robot, and then oh, and he really is. Like, term- oh yeah, the great. Oh, such a, a score. great. I, I'm seeking out this score. I want to yeah, listen yeah. to this one. I want to be driving home, listen to this. <laughs> exactly. When I when I'm jogging and chasing girls naked, I want to <laughs> be like putting my you know getting my mood. And so yeah, I love the guy. Terminators are great. He's totally just naked running mm-hmm. down this street after this girl closing in. They really draw it out, too. He's really closing in before Bronson ran around the other side and yeah. tripped him. <laughs> but, yeah, that's such a great... So, you know you're losing as a critic when you're taking the Ebert route and pushing your glass up going, oh, and then she runs into his dad. So, it's like, you already lost. Because mm-hmm. you know how cool it is for her to just suddenly run into her Bronson with his gun Get aimed gun up? Out. That's just such a... Oh, people are going to be copying and making fun of that for the next at the same time for the next thirty years. Yeah, no, that's a, a great shot. Seeing her from behind and then boom, right into his arms. That stop, reveal that stop Bronson's thinking there. too hard about this end of the Bronson movie, yeah. Ebert. Soak it in for how cool this finish was. Well, then this end made me think, like, like I said, what what are they going to do? Because you immediately think because it's a Bronson movie, he's going to shoot this guy. Yeah. This dude is toast, and the guy's <laughs> like, "Don't you can't you know I, I'm." I'm in, oh. and then the guy starts giving him the "I'm sick," uh, and he starts playing like he's going to do that insanity defense. And at this moment, all the cops show up, and he's get, almost getting led away already. And I'm like, "Wow, they're not going to have him kill this it. guy. This is going to be like this stinging statement about the confines of the legal system." And man, he could have gotten this guy. He could have saved these three girls 
even by doing the underhanded, you know, practice. And now this guy's going to get away again, and he's going to have to live with that. No, he shoots him. Okay, he, he did shoot him. He blasts him. Okay. Credits roll. Uh, yeah, no, he did. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. No, you won't. No, Boom. You won't. <laughs> yeah. Movie over. We're done here. Credits. Uh, yeah. I was just like, oh, no, okay, no, they, they did shoot him. Good. They were so – they had it <laughs> wide open. They – up until the final second of the movie, there were so many directions that yeah. they could have ended that on. They built themselves right into a – I was with you. It's like this – they could take this anywhere. There are so many things that can happen here. Oh, all right, just right through the head. <laughs> just <a> perfect shot. <laughs> just boom. Because Ward Stacy is getting – this is great. I mean, kill it. He goes out on top. He got that great, crazy-eyed Scorpio. Yeah, doing his like, yeah, go ahead, arrest me, take me in. You can't. It's a total Batman villain. Like they can't hold me forever. Yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. be back. Yeah. So he just and then You'll it keeps be hearing uh, from me again. Oh yeah, what? No, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's one of those awesome things that everybody wants to see until you think about it for one second. You can kind of go. Uh, yeah but yep uh, it's so canon and the final shot definitely <laughs> looks like he's being arrested for for oh he killing was this guy and that's not getting set, away with this one all the cop cars coming in filling that street great shot yeah pulling up straight really coming in close on this naked guy <laughs> yeah really <laughs> cop cars were all these cars like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah breaking up right up to his hamstrings there like right up there and uh yeah this guy was clearly getting put away but again the whole movie this guy was the dude trolling bronson the most unflappable dude for 20 years of movies how much did bronson talk smack in mr majestic Mm -hmm. when bobby corpus shows up he does not hesitate to hit bobby corpus in the balls harder (laughs) than anyone's ever taken a rifle butt there Who's the that big goon in Al Lettieri? Bronson's mouthing off to Lettieri in prison, <laughs> knowing he's a mob guy. Nobody trolls Bronson, except this guy. Every step of the way gets Bronson to do what he wants. Like he's just tricking him the whole way. Yeah, Bronson's going to jail after this, right? He has to. Oh yeah, yeah. They can't keep him this time. No, it's kind of like he yeah. already lost his job. Now we have to do something, yeah. right? He no, got him. There was a lot of witnesses. Yeah. A lot of witnesses to him this, just blowing this dude away. At the this end. guy got to Kessler. You know, you end dirty Harry. Harry Callahan's the one that's like, well, I'm gonna. This is gonna get fudged and towards my favor. Kessler's done. You know, but it does. But it also ends the exact opposite. Right, well, in Dirty Harry, he's just like, I quit. Right. <laughs> yeah, after well, killing the guy. And then, yeah, Kessler uh, in this one, yeah, he's 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 toast. That's it. But, man. Not, yeah, not a happy there. ending. No. Although you get the, like, guy getting killed that, yeah, you think you want. <laughs> but it doesn't He doesn't make you like, feel too good about Woo! it. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This didn't feel as good as I thought it would. Yeah. All that talk about... That's the law. That's the law. <laughs> he was really rubbing it in there. He was really rubbing in the loopholes of justice. Yeah. So I get it, but whew, I don't want to got to hand it to the naked killer, but he kind of got him there. Yeah. All that swirling around, and then, boom, they hit you with the 10 to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I just want With every, the countdown? I think, I think I want every movie to end with a theme song now. I know. I, I've, it's been a thing I've been desiring, too. 
Like this movie would have been perfect for that. But it's the special moments in life where you go in hoping every time. <laughs> and then you're walking out of Pineapple Express going like, "Wait, is this a song for the movie?" <laughs> <laughs> Or that fake Wings song at the end of the Paul Rudd, Sean William Scott movie, Role Models. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like, that's not Wings. There's an actual <laughs> fake Wings sound alike, but I know. It's weird to think of 10 to Midnight being like, ooh, I hope there's a 10 to Midnight song in there. <laughs> but that's what, makes, something. that's what makes Elm Street 3 so, so badass. Yeah. When you're sitting exactly. in that theater getting to hear Doc and yell about Dream Warriors, like, it's like the movie, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, it's those moments where you're hearing the the Adams Family rap <laughs> at the end of the credits, and you're sitting there with your parents, like, "Well, that was as great as I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's all I wanted." So yeah, you just ten to midnight would have been a sick guitar shredder. That would have been a good one to go out on. But again, this score, I'm finding it. Yeah, yeah. I'm tracking that down. This is good. This is good, Bronson, but conflicting bronson mm-hmm. it's the thinker i like that. real deep thinker 10 to midnight it's more than i've ever thought in any other charles bronson movie honestly. <laughs> yeah, usually it's pretty cut and dry yeah. yeah this guy's gonna sneak around on a bus take a couple transfers at night and <laughs> shotgun a guy in a park <laughs> it's pretty cut and dry then he's gonna go back to his you know architect job yeah. yeah yeah but like yeah it's like in in the death wish you know even though he he'll lose the the wife or the daughter and two he always stops the other crimes from happening. He's always interrupting the other rapes. Yeah. <laughs> this one, he doesn't make it in time. He's, he's not able to stop these killings. He's feckless in this, There's, and it's kind of surprising to yeah. see. He's doesn't... People aren't just getting Bronson's goat and, like, you know, flicking him, doing the stop hitting yourself for an, most of a movie. Yeah. So it's weird to see. It's a totally... Even though it feels, <laughs> if you're just kind of having this on the background, like every other Bronson movie, there's undercurrents mm-hmm. here. There's something more. You say tenant this thing's streaming. This thing's everywhere. I, I watched it on Tubi. There you go. It had the some of the ad breaks. Search but, for all the Bronson. Yeah. Any eighties Bronson. I'm a fan. I just like this guy. Come to this. Yeah, we gotta do more Bronson. Get him in the mix, yeah. For sure. Chato's land. You called it. <laughs> I don't know why I, I keep doing it. It's just the one where you're I You're naming all the ones I've never heard of. I think you're just making them up Dude, at this, this point. This guy made this guy made four movies. This guy was he was Neeson style, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, they made movies constantly. There's probably great Bronson movies that I've never seen. I love those guys. Well, it'll come to them. It'll come to them soon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night.